From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT. I am Steve Hook. We're broadcasting live from the Central Jersey Shore. There he is, Brian Hesher McLean. He's in Central Texas. Another big day. Hesh, how are you, brother? I'm good. It's very good to see you. A beautiful day out here in Central Texas. Steve, ready to chew on some news. We got a lot to chew on, my friend. Uh, that's for sure. A lot's going on. We've got a great show lined up for you. And uh, and we're going to dive into that. We you know we got George Papadopoulos last week. This week we have his lovely wife, uh, Simona. So we look forward to chatting with her. Uh, our own Misty Winston will be joining us here in a bit. So that'll be fun. So uh, the fun has just begun, my friends. Hey, by the way, last December, now you may recall, a Julian Assange two-day public hearing was scheduled for February 20th and the 21st. Well, that means today. It's going down at the uh, UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal the case or whether he's going to be extradited to the United States. We hope that doesn't happen. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering both days, which means that we're there now. Uh, and then TNT will be broadcasting from various locations throughout London. And by the way, make sure you check out the Trust Fall, Julian Assange, at thetrustfall.org, that, uh, thetrustfall.org. Well, Hesher, you know, we've been talking about now for the past, oh, hell, I don't know, several months about how Biden is cognitively gone. And um, it looks like the Democrats have figured that out now, too. Uh, we we, we kind of got a sense that they were starting to get a little bit panic-stricken. And now we know they're panic-stricken because I'm reading this from Breitbart, uh, report Kamala Harris seeks to fix the Biden campaign strategy and tactics. <laughs> Just reading oh, that how, makes me tell. laugh. I know. I, mean, I can't help it. <laughs> I know. Vice President Kamala Harris is reporting, uh, reportedly working to fix the Biden campaign strategy nine months removed from Election Day. Harris, whose favorability rating is even worse than Joe Biden's, appears to be positioning herself as an alternative if he decides not to run for re-election before the DNC, before the Democratic National Convention, that would be in Chicago. Uh, a majority of voters say there's no chance that they will vote for Biden in 2024. Now, that's what uh, a recent CNN poll found. So it's not like we're talking about Fox News polls or anything. This is a CNN poll. Uh, so you know they're worried. Uh, here's what it says. It says more than two dozen sources tell CNN that Harris has been gathering information to help her penetrate what she sometimes refers to as the bubble of Biden campaign thinking, telling people she's aiming to use that intelligence <laughs> to push for changes in a strategy and tactics that she hopes will put the ticket in better shape to win multiple leading Democrats anxious about a campaign they fear might be stumbling past the point of no return say their conversations with Vice President Harris have been a surprising and welcome change after months of feeling sloughed off by the White House and Biden campaign headquarters in Wilmington, Delaware. Unbelievable. So they're, all of a sudden, Kamala Harris is the secret weapon, Hesher. She's the secret <laughs> weapon uh, that they've got just waiting. 
<laughs> from window dressing to secret weapon my how fast things escalate isn't that crazy well she's done a bang up job as borders are bang up job as uh you know uh ai's are all these other things i mean she makes great rhymes about school buses she knows the colors in the crayon box so you know uh maybe maybe i don't know i i'd love to see what her strategy is like how do you <laughs> how do you rebrand this or or fix the damage that's been done at this point i don't know i don't know i i, I just have a funny feeling it's not going to work just call me i call me a cynic but she bagged out of the uh, of the campaign with less than 2%. She didn't even make it to the first primary. We know why she was picked as the VP. And 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 now she's saying that I'm going to come in and fix everything. Yeah, good luck with that, uh, Kamala Harris. I, I have a hard time believing that's going to fly. Hey, at TNT Radio, we never go home. We're committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7, online globally, no matter what, no matter where. We've got you covered on today's News Talk TNT. Clashing on the controversies. It's a woke society, and I am fed up with it. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. Okay, well, we're very happy to welcome our first guest uh, to the program today, and it's the first time that Misty Winston has ever been on the program. She, of course, the host of the Misty Winston Show, which immediately follows this show on today's News Talk, uh, and we wanted to talk to Misty about what's going on with Julian in London. Hello, Misty Winston. How are you? Welcome to State of the Nation. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, we're glad you came. Yeah, yeah, of course. So so what's what's the state of affairs in uh in London at the High Court today regarding this extradition hearing for Julian Assange? So this is day one of uh two days of hearings that we will have today. The Assange defense team presented their arguments tomorrow. We will hear the prosecution's rebuttal, which is sure to be filled with garbage. Um, uh, but today, uh, the Assange defense team did a fantastic job. They presented um, uh, a great deal of information, and um, uh, we actually got to hear a little bit about um, the plots to assassinate Julian Assange that were developed under the Trump administration. That hasn't really gotten a lot of conversation in the courtroom so far, um, so I'm really glad that that was uh, able to be addressed and it was able to be put into record. Um, also, there was a lot of conversation about the UK-US extradition treaty. Um, it is uh, not allowed to uh, um, to extradite somebody uh, for political reasons. This is a very obvious political case. Um, so uh, yeah, the Assange defense team did a really amazing job today. Um, there was a huge crowd outside of supporters, which was really great to see. Uh, and then tomorrow, as I mentioned, we will be hearing from the United States prosecution. So you mentioned uh, that when we do hear from the United States prosecution, when they give their arguments, you uh, predict it's going to be full of a bunch of bull honky. Uh, what mm -hmm. kind of stuff are you expecting to hear from them tomorrow? I mean, probably just more of the same. They will try to uh, pretend that Julian Assange is a hacker, that he, you know, uh, did something illegal by working with Chelsea Manning to get the Iraq and Afghan Afghanistan war logs and the collateral murder video and the Guantanamo files. Um, that's all been debunked. It's all been in court. It's been debunked in a court of law. Uh, but we know that this uh, there's nothing legal or just about this entire situation. Uh, it's been corrupt from the start. It's been co-opted from the start. Um, there's very little that makes sense about any of this. Frankly, they don't have a case 
case. Like you're asking, you know, what what case are they going to present tomorrow? They don't have one. I mean, this has always been a bunch of nonsense. They have uh, really just had to uh, piece together this fabrication of a legal uh, case against Julian Assange. And in fact, they had to use the testimony of a convicted child molester and uh, diagnosed sociopath, Siggy Thordarison, um, who has since recanted his testimony and admitted that he lied in order to get uh, immunity from the FBI. So um, we're going to hear just a bunch of nonsense. They're going to try to rebut some of the things that were brought up today um, by the Assange defense team. I think it's going to be incredibly difficult for them to make those, uh, to, to, to combat a lot of those arguments that were made today. They were done very well, but we'll see. I, I don't, I just, I, I don't think that it's going to be anything really of substance because they don't have anything of substance. Well, I was watching earlier today, some of the video out in front of the, uh, of the high court. And I must say that Stella Assange is, she's a good speaker and she, she addressed, uh, she addressed the, 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 the gaggle of reporters there and basically said what you just said. He goes, if she, if he's extradited to the United States, he will be murdered. He will be Epstein. Um, you yes. make mention of, uh, you make mention of, oh, this assassination attempt first took place during the Trump administration, but I'm just kind of curious as to the, the, the thing that strikes me about this case, Misty, and it's all, it's the same thing I could say with Snowden. I think that who's afraid of this is the deep state. These three letter agencies are mortified of what he knows and what he might expose. Hell, it got Snowden to move over to Russia. I mean, and, and he's bad mouthing Putin. I know, who knows how long he's going to be around, but He'd rather be in Russia than the States. I never thought I would say that about this country. I never thought this country could get so utterly corrupt that people would be afraid of assassination. But man, we've seen a lot of this kind of nastiness go down the last several years. What do you yeah. think the odds are that he wouldn't, if, if he, if he doesn't get extradited, what happens to him? Where does it go from there? So there are a couple of different things that are going to happen. Uh, first of all, it's very unlikely that we're going to get a decision immediately following tomorrow's hearings. It, they, with everything in this case, they like to drag it out for as long as humanly possible. And we know that they like to do that thanks to Julian Assange, actually, uh, in the Stratford files, which was another uh, cache of really uh, leaks that they released. Um, there was a conversation being had in those emails of how can we deal with our Assange problem? And one of the ways that they discussed was, well, we'll just tie him up in legal stuff for the next 25 years. Very clearly exactly what they're doing. Um, so it's it's very unlikely that we will get a decision on Wednesday. Uh, it'll probably take, I would say, likely weeks. I mean, they could even drag it out for months. The last decision uh, that was the denial for the appeal uh, given by Judge Jonathan Swift, I think that took eight months for him to come out with. And it was like a measly three-page, very vague uh, nonsense letter. So um, it's not to say that we couldn't get a decision. It is possible that we get a decision tomorrow. I just think it's unlikely. Um, but there are a couple different things that could happen, neither of which are good for Julian Assange. Either the uh, request for appeal is uh, denied and he is he could essentially be on a plane to the United States within a matter of hours. All it would take is for the extradition order to be signed and him to be placed on a plane. Um, or if it is approved, then he goes back to Belmarsh for who knows how long waiting for that appeals process to play out. Um, so neither of those options are great for Assange. But obviously, I think that we would rather see him head back to Belmarsh than be brought to the United States. Yeah, and that's saying a lot because the conditions in Belmarsh, to my understanding, Horrible. are not not good at all. I mean, he's being treated essentially like, you know, probably worse than he would be at Gitmo. By the way, I always enjoy your conversations about the current state of Gitmo on the Misty Winston show and your conversations about Julian Assange. It's such a great show. Uh, we're proud to have it follow State of the Nation. 
Um, what are, you know, you mentioned the Stratford files. I would maybe mention Vault 7 and yes. um, the uh, also journalists and civilians being killed in war crimes. I mean, what, what are some other examples of things he's done journalistically that pissed off the international Atlanticist uh, intelligence block? Well, first of all, thank you for asking that question, because I feel like in this whole saga, this whole conversation, very often the content of the releases gets completely left out of the conversation. Nobody's talking about what's in the releases. They're talking about, you know, Assange and his personality and whether or not he's a traitor. He's not American. Um, so, I mean, as you mentioned, I think... I think to me, the most significant one is probably Vault 7. And I think it was really the catalyst for um, them deciding to go after Julian Assange. I think up until that point, they were kind of uh, content to let him waste away in the Ecuadorian embassy. I don't think it was really a pressing issue. Obviously, they wanted him silenced. Uh, they don't like him. They wanted him. Uh, frankly, they want him dead. Uh, but I think that they it wasn't really a pressing issue for them. But in March of 2017, uh, and I should mention that this was released as Julian Assange is already uh, public enemy number one of the world's largest empire. And what does he do? He releases the largest CIA leak in history. I mean, the balls that it takes to do that is uh, pretty impressive. Um, so again, largest CIA leak in history, a whole host of really terrible information included in that. If people who are listening or watching this have not looked into Vault 7, you need to. It is a, a, a huge expose on all of the various ways that the CIA is able to spy on you and surveil you. It's quite terrifying. Um, but as you mentioned, obviously, I mentioned earlier the Iraq and Afghanistan war logs that exposed a whole host of war crimes, rape, torture, murder, you name it. Um, obviously, the collateral murder video is probably the most famous example. That is the, I think it's about 38 minutes or so. It's a video of two Apache helicopters um, over the streets of New Baghdad who murder a, a group of civilians, including two Reuters journalists. Um, and then they whip around, and as they're coming back around, a man in a van uh, comes across the massacre and stops to render aid, and they decide to take him out as well, shooting into his van, which included two children. Um, that video is very awful to watch. I also recommend when people are watching that, which you should, it's difficult to watch it, but when you're watching it, listen, because I think that the... Um, one of the most significant things about that video is the the way the the way that they sound. It sounds like they're playing a video video game. The absolute lack of concern for human life. One, I think there's a quote at one point where they say, "Well, he shouldn't have brought kids kids to a gunfight. He didn't. He was just going down the road in his van and happened across a massacre and decided to stop and render aid." So um, this just a very blase attitude. Obviously, the Guantanamo files are also pretty significant. Um, it gave you a kind of behind the scenes peek at the horrific conditions inside Guan, uh, Guantanamo. Autonomo, um, the, uh, I'm sorry, the, um, uh, uh, oh, my brain just went blank. Um, uh, the, well, obviously, yeah, the Stratford files, there's just, there's so many of them. Um, it, it's literally billions of documents. And we should mention too, that in these billions of documents, um, WikiLeaks has a 100% record of accuracy. They've never had to retract a single word that they've ever published, um, which is a unbelievable record to have. I don't think there's a news organization on planet earth with that kind of record. Um, and it, we should also mention too, that this is not what WikiLeaks does. It's not opinion. It's not um, conjecture. It's not like an article with sources say. It's 100% verified, authenticated source documentation. It's just the truth, black and white. Here it is. You read it. You do with it what you will. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's why they want him dead right there. Yes. Uh, you just put your finger on it. I mean, that's why they want him gone. Yeah. You know, once upon a time um, here in the States, we were proud of the FBI. Hell, we were even proud of the CIA. We knew they did some nasty stuff, but they did it to nasty people. And who gives a rip? That's at least what a lot of Americans thought. 
Then all of a sudden, this Julian Assange story breaks and the Snowden story breaks. Then we see the Epstein. Nobody's been uh, arrested yet for the Epstein crap. And all of a sudden, everybody sits back and goes, holy cow, we are living in an outrageously corrupt situation right now going on right beneath our noses. And anyone who tries to point it out, and I'll, I'll reference Trump in this one. He was saying how corrupt, corrupt and rigged a lot of this garbage was, and they're going after him. So they'll go after anybody, and Julian Assange almost doesn't have a chance. I know that he's more popular in the UK as far as the people haven't, they've kind of rallied to his side. I mean, I saw that crowd today out in front of the UK High Court. How does the UK government perceive him, though, or do, the, do all of the five eyes just despise this man? Yeah, they all just despise him. And in fact, uh, they're all just, um, uh, you know, uh, little tools of the United States. They don't get the ability to think for themselves. They think how they're told to think by the United States empire. And so, um, uh, listen, the UK has been so unbelievably corrupt in this whole situation. Um, uh, and it, it, it is just astonishing to me. It is astonishing to me that this is taking, first of all, that the uh, UK court system is even considering extraditing this man to a country that we know was plotting to kill him. That's crazy to me that that is even under consideration. Uh, but that's where we're at. I mean, he's been held for nearly five years, year, uh, nearly five years now on remand. He's uh, no charges in the UK whatsoever. He is being held simply because the United States says so. It's it's so frustrating. You know, I look around the United States and I think about our Patriot Act, our NDAA, the, the results of J6. And it's just like you start to see the entire Atlanticist block just jailing all of their political opponents uh just destroying them uh it's absolutely amazing and you know it's like there are solid examples of him being spied on as you said yes. plots to have him assassinated i mean these are the kind of things that you know just i don't know 10 20 years ago maybe even less would have a case completely dismissed everybody would see it <laughs> yeah. for what it is so i mean how do you how do you even explain the fact that like you know americans don't know many people in all the five eyes countries don't know the the gravitas of vault seven strapper files everything well, that's because our mainstream media is complicit and they bury this story. They do not cover it. Every maybe six months, you'll see like a two minute segment on MSNBC or Fox News. Um, and when they do cover it, it is spun horrifically. Um, and so and it, so most the average American in my work as an activist, the average American has never heard of Julian Assange. They don't know who he is. And then some people maybe have heard of him and they're like, oh, that's that weird WikiLeaks guy. Right. But they don't know anything about who he is, what he did, what's happening to him. And I think more importantly, how it impacts all of us. This is not about Julian. Julian Assange. Yes, his life is under great threat. This is a horrible situation that he's in. It is unbelievably unjust and tragic what is happening to him. He's being murdered in slow motion. Um, but it's not about that, really. It, the broader picture is press freedom and free speech are very much on trial right now. We are very close to losing both of those things. If he is allowed to be extradited, it will be the first time a journalist is extradited uh, and charged under the Espionage Act in the United States. And frankly, again, we need to remember this is a foreign journalist. He has no, he wasn't born in the United States. He's not a United States citizen. WikiLeaks has never been a United States-based pub publication. Um, so this is essentially the United States seeking global jurisdiction over information and journalism. And if that doesn't terrify you, I don't know what's wrong with you uh yeah i know it terrifies steve and i we're gonna take a, a a station break here misty um if you want you can hang with us through the break and we'll pick up where we left off if you got to go that's okay too but this is state yeah, of the sure. nation on today's news talk tnt 
TNT's Jeremy Nell. Nice comment here from Rebecca. She says the youngest people um, I work with are a bit more mature, but their interactions with the public is stifled. And she's referring to the excessive use of cell phones and social media and how it's making them so antisocial also. The business is open six days a week. One of his staff members formally requested that they shouldn't, you know, that they could they be given permission not to have to work on Wednesdays so that they could help at the dog shelter. Now, as you know, I'm a dog lover. I have hunting dogs. I've got dogs coming out of my ears, my Malinois. And this dog, this Malinois, is bright even by Malinois standards. She can do crossword puzzles. Is lying under my desk at the moment feeling sorry for herself because she's just come on heat for the first time and she's completely bewildered. She doesn't know why she's bleeding to death. It's not about whether it's a good or a bad thing to work at animal shelters. That's a delightful thing. It's a noble thing to do. But who in their right minds goes to their boss and says, would you mind? I'd rather not work on Wednesdays if it's okay because I've got other priorities in a, in a town down the road. Jeremy now on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. The benefits of advertising on today's News Talk TNT Radio should be clear to businesses of any shape or size. It can be accessed anywhere, anytime, by anybody and is the perfect way to build brand awareness and stimulate digital activity. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. I want to say this, and I'm going to say it just once. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, our guest is Misty Winston, of course, the host of the Misty Winston Show right here on today's News Talk TNT. Now, Misty, before the break there, you were talking about the importance of this case as it regards uh, press freedom, First Amendment. Um, it, it's really shocking. I mean, maybe you're out there watching this and it's the first time you've heard this. Maybe, maybe you haven't watched Misty's show yet. Maybe you're new here to today's News Talk. Can you expand on that a little bit? I mean, it is absolutely shocking to think that our government can go after a journalist from another country who's in another country for <laughs> simply doing journalism. I mean, uh, it's not a good look. No, it's not a good look. And it is, um, I think, in my opinion, it's easily the greatest threat to press freedom and free speech that we have seen in modern history and potentially ever. Um, I mean, this case really opens up Pandora's box. And I think that uh, people need to recognize that this, uh, and I, we've already seen it happening, this will create what I call the Assange effect, um, where other countries are now going to feel justified in going after journalists that publish things that they don't like. Um, we've already seen the way that journalists in this country, for example, uh, there was a bunch of uh, journalists during the Black Lives Matter protests uh, who were photographed, their licenses or their IDs were taken. They were essentially cataloged journalists who were covering a protest. That's insane to me that that's happening in the United States of America. We've seen a couple different local, like very small town newspaper uh, newspapers be raided um, and things like that. So um, we've seen the attacks on free speech and press freedom escalating over um, you know many years. I mean, listen, if we're being real, th they've always been under attack. Powerful people do not like their secrets exposed. That's just a reality. 
So they've always been under attack. But I think really we saw a significant uptick in that under Barack Obama, you know, Mr. Transparency. He was not Mr. Transparency. And in fact, he went after more journalists and whistleblowers under the Espionage Act than all other presidents combined. Um, and I think that that really just was kind of the setting off point. And then we saw Donald Trump take that and definitely run with it. Um, it was under Donald Trump that Julian Assange was arrested. It was under Donald Trump that Julian Assange was spied on at the Ecuadorian embassy. It was under Donald Trump that plots to assassinate him were developed. And of course, he then failed to pardon him. So, um, And obviously, Joe Biden is continuing that. This is very much a bipartisan effort to um, destroy Julian Assange and thereby destroy the First Amendment. You know, I, Misty, I'm old enough to remember the Pentagon Papers and Daniel Ellsberg mm -hmm. spilled his guts on the Pentagon Papers and they went everywhere. Back in those days, the 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 mainstream media, if you will, had a little bit more um, uh, journalistic integrity, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, um, you know that's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 gone. Um, now all of these all of these media empires are owned by larger corporations, and they basically are just serve as the propaganda wing of said ABC corporation, whatever it may be. And this is the kind of crap we get. I have no doubt that there are people inside uh, the government that, that, that do mean well, that say, look, he is spilling stuff that's outrageously harmful to this country. Okay, I get that. But he is a journalist. This mm -hmm. is the Pentagon Papers redux, but he spilled it. And now they want him gone. And you mentioned the Trump thing. And of course, Obama, good God. Everybody remembered, uh, what's his name? Rosen over at Fox News. His Rosen. Oh, no, Rosen, Fox News. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jeff Rosen and his parents were bugged. And of course, uh, uh, Cheryl Atkinson had this uh, go down with her as well when she was at CBS. She would spy it on. That was under Obama. I'm wondering if it's, if this is bigger than any single president. Are these yes. just these big three-letter agencies that are saying, Mr. President, this is what we've got to do? And and then people just go, yeah, okay, whatever. I guess we got to do that. Is that what's going on here? 100%. Yeah, there's no question about it. And that's what I mean. Like, this has been a bipartisan effort. I mean, forever, really. Yeah. Uh, that There's no doubt about that. And I think that, again, these people don't like their secrets exposed. And I listen, I get it. But hey, if you don't want your war crimes exposed, stop committing war crimes. How about that? Stop killing people for profit. How about that? Stop um, stealing money from the American taxpayer and using it to, um, you know, go and murder a bunch of brown people in a poor country and steal their resources. How about that? Instead of getting, that's what's so frustrating about, there's a, a, a group of people who will get mad at Julian Assange because he exposed this information about the United States. Um, and they'll say that, again, the traitor thing always makes me laugh because he's not American, but, you know, they'll say, that, oh, he damaged the country. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't commit the crimes. He did his job. He received information that was verified he was able to authenticate it. It was in the public interest. And so he published it. That is the job of a journalist. Um, so getting mad at the, the messenger um, is so uh, it's infantile and self-defeating. If you care about this country, if you are a patriot, then you should want it to do better. And it is not doing better. And Julian Assange um, uh, created WikiLeaks in an effort to expose those things so that we could, in fact, have a stronger democracy. Yeah, and it's not like he was only exposing things in the United States. He was exposing Everybody. things all over the world. It was just like Everybody. he was, like you said, he's doing his job. He's doing yeah. it well. He's had to retract absolutely nothing. And like you pointed out, we're seeing it, we're seeing newspapers being raided. We're seeing journalists being just deleted from the planet. You know, we could talk about 
Gonzalo Lira, uh, which there's not a lot of talk about. All of a sudden, the CIA asset guy dies in Russia, and there's all this talk about him, but just, you know, crickets other than over here at TNT and a couple other places when Gonzalo was killed in prison, you know, after being extorted and tortured. So this is, you know, this is a very scary path that we're on right now. And, and you know, when, when you said other countries, the Assange effect, other countries could feel justified in doing similar things. I'd argue we're already seeing that. We're already promoting yes. that in Ukraine. I mean, that's largely what what led to Gonzalo Lira's death. Um, tell you what, we got a headline uh, inbound here we're going to take with the network. But when we get back, uh, let's let's uh, dig deep a little deeper on that, do some comparisons there. Uh, right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT. Deadline. TNT Radio News. Big news. Yeah! For TNT, this is James O'Neill. The Australian government has announced a significant $11.1 billion enhancement for the Royal Australian Navy, which will see the Navy's warship fleet expand from 11 to 26 vessels by the late 2040s, marking the largest fleet since World War II. Elon Musk has expressed his view that Ukraine will not emerge victorious in its conflict with Russia, suggesting that the prospects for Kiev and any potential peace negotiations are diminishing as the conflict continues. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. So, Misty, we're talking about, you know, the Pentagon Papers. Uh, there's a number of disclosures that we could look at and whistleblows throughout the years. And it's like at that point when that happened, there was an opportunity for the United States, for the media, for politicians to say, oh, wait a minute, that was bad. <laughs> we're caught. That was bad. Let's do better. But no, um, when we look at the entirety of the WikiLeaks um, content, it literally dwarfs the Pentagon Papers. It dwarfs just it dwarfs Watergate. It dwarfs every scandal we've ever had. Yet it's like and and isn't that not proof that it has gotten so much worse over the years? Yeah. Like every time they're caught, they nothing happens and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So what's at stake if we're, this is allowed to happen? He's extradited maybe killed, maybe dies in a prison or something like that, tragically. I hope not. But, I mean, then what? What happens with the Assange effect at that point? I mean, the precedent that that sets is genuinely terrifying. I mean, uh, I don't I, I don't even know what that world looks like. I don't want to know. In my opinion, and people will often say that I'm overly dramatic, I don't think I'm dramatic enough about this. I think that we are very much at a turning point in human history. And let's be very clear. Um, what's happening to Assange impacts literally everything else that we are facing. Do you care about exposing the truth about COVID? You should care about Assange. Do you care about ending the war machine? You should care about Assange. Do you care about immigration? You should care about Assange. Do you care about, do you care about literally anything, the environment, education? Uh, it doesn't matter what you care about. If you cannot speak, you cannot fight. And that is very much what's at stake here. And I think that so many people are missing that. And I recognize, that I think that that's because 
the concepts of free speech and press freedom are very abstract. It's not something that punches you in the face every day. Um, it's not like, hey, I can't feed my feed my kids today. Um, so I think that it, it's something that people aren't really paying that much attention to. And so over time, they've been able to chip away at these rights. And now they're hanging on by a thread. And really, that thread is Julian Assange. That thread is the extradition case of Julian Assange. And if he is extradited, and in this case is permitted to go forward, that is such a nail in the coffin of free speech and press freedom. Um, and frankly, I don't know how we come back from that. Once you lose these rights, you do not. We, I mean, we saw the Patriot Act. Have we gotten any of those rights back? Absolutely not. In fact, it's gotten worse. So uh, we don't get these rights back. So if we don't fight now and prevent ourselves from losing it, I mean, that is uh, that's a really terrifying prospect. Yeah, well, that would be on us, wouldn't it? Yes. Uh, of, of course, here at TNT, we don't we don't play that game. We're going to speak our mind as long as we can until we're in a cell next to Julian Assange, I guess. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, uh, Misty, is that we, you guys are just talking about how pervasive this is now. And I think the reason that a lot of Americans don't know about it is, for one, because the mainstream media will, it, as you know, it, it, uh, he's on the wrong side. He's on the he's on the wrong team. So they're going to go after him. Uh, Daniel Ellsberg, of course, was held up as a hero. He's a hero. This guy is an absolute look at him, a journalistic hero. They don't say that about Julian Assange. Kind of makes you wonder. And then when you yes. start and then when you start piecing it together and take a look at what we now consider Epstein's island of blackmail that was probably set up with various three-letter agencies, not just from the states either. Uh, you've got Israel involved, you've probably got the UK involved. God knows how many other countries were involved in that whole scam. Uh, it's just, and it's bad everywhere. I mean, they're killing people in Russia. They're killing people in uh, Ukraine. God knows in China, no doubt they're killing a bunch of people, but most Americans never thought it would happen here. They said, we're the good guys. It can't happen here. And it's that's happening. why they, and that's why they hate Julian Assange because he ripped the scab off of that and said, I got news for you, buddy. It's happening. Right. Yeah, well, and I think that mainstream media, too, there's also a level of professional jealousy. He is everything they wish they were, um, at least for some of them. I think some of them are quite happy being paid propagandists and, uh, you know, uh, news readers. They just read from a teleprompter and get their paycheck and they don't care. I don't think I think some of them are not all that bright and they just um, they don't think that's very surface level thinking and a lot of mental gymnastics to justify their existence. Um, but they uh, yeah, I think there is a level of professional jealousy. I think a lot of them um, definitely see his him as an outsider. There's there's also been a whole lot of effort put into creating the narrative that he's somehow not a journalist, which is absurd. He's a card carrying member of several different uh, journalistic uh, unions. He is. There's no doubt about it. They there is no um, uh, standard like you don't have to pass a test to become like a licensed journalist. If you are out there reporting on the news, you are a journalist and he was uh, doing journalistic activities. So, yeah, I think that there is no question about that. The uh, they don't like him for um, uh, the, the mainstream media doesn't like him for, as you said, he's playing for the wrong team. He created WikiLeaks to be, as he called it, the first uh, intelligence agency of the people. He wanted the people to have uh, an outlet where we could hold power to account, where we could look behind the curtain, where we could see what's going on in our name with our money, and we could then hold them to account. Um, and certainly the mainstream media doesn't like that because that goes against the interests of the people that own them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and let's talk about this risk of losing our freedom of speech. Some people might think that we're talking about, you know, 
people in front of cameras, uh, journalists, you know, just, you know, this, this class of people that we don't really relate to. I would argue that is patently wrong. If you're thinking that way, I don't think many of our viewers are thinking that way, but we all know someone who is in that mindset, but this applies to everyone right down to every mommy blogger on Facebook. Uh, you yes. know, I mean, look at the proposed hate speech law in Ireland right now. They're, they're looking at jailing people for having memes, political yeah. memes on their phone, even if they didn't even know it was there or had no intent to spread the, you know, terrible thought in their meme or something like that. So, I mean, Canada does it too. Yeah, everywhere we're seeing we're seeing, everywhere. we're seeing it spread everywhere like wow for, there was a woman in australia who was uh, literally arrested for posting something about covid um and that's happening all over the place it's going to start and you're right it is not this is not just about uh like you and i in front of a camera on a news station that's not what this is about remember they get to define what is journalism what is i mean listen they're already calling us all domestic violent extremists right they already want to label all of us terrorists um this is no different this will come for every single one of you if you have a twitter account this could come for you. If you have an Instagram or a Facebook or you post online or you have a blog, this could and will come for you. I mean, they, they want to silence all dissent. They want full control over the narrative, 100% control over the narrative, and they want to be able to do anything and everything that it takes to silence people who speak against it. Yeah, well, you know you know what we say to that. Uh, I know what uh, I say G to that. <laughs> yeah. GFY, baby. GFY. Yes. Yeah, my F-A-F-O. -A we weren't born with enough middle fingers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Holy exactly. cow. Well, Misty Winston, listen, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks um, for having gonna, me. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully this is one of many times. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, your show immediately following this show at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And, of course, we'll follow up with you again tomorrow uh, on the show and see how uh, on your show and see how uh, the whole thing shakes out with Julian. Fingers crossed. I hope the people that are chanting out there free Julian. I hope the high court can hear them. They can. Because this. Yeah. Good. They I'm can. happy. To it's hear been reported it. from inside the courtroom that they can hear them. Those good. Are my people. Oh, <laughs> good. Well, there's a lot of them, so that's good to yes. hear. Misty yeah. Winston, God bless. Thank you for joining us today on State of the Nation. And uh, and we'll see you in about five o'clock. Cool. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, okay. Misty. Take care. There she goes. That's a uh, boy. What an interesting conversation that was. Yeah. I'd like to say it was it, it made me feel good, but I'd be lying if I did. Anyway, <laughs> we've got a lot more to go. Stick around. State of the Nation continues right after this on today's News Talk TNT. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The cyclone that's in the north of Australia is kind of unusual for an El Nino season. That's because we have not really had an El Nino season this year in Australia. The Southern Oscillation Index, the longest running measure of the ENSO, or El Nino, La Nina, has not cooperated at all. And we knew this was a problem way back in the Northern Hemisphere fall in our spring because we weren't seeing a lot of typhoons. Usually when you have a big El Nino, you have a lot of typhoons going off and we had the third lowest typhoon production on record. So something funky was going on. However, that Southern Oscillation Index is going to crash for the month of February, which means that our fall should be average in Australia. 
Now, I'm bringing all this up because that crash in February is linked to severe cold in the United States and Europe for February into March. And we're seeing another ferocious storm attacking Norway now. A lot of heavy rain is coming into Europe over the next week. Now, the two times that happened, it turned frigid in Europe. Same thing is going to happen. Mid-February to mid-March will be frigid in Europe. You see all these storms crashing into the United States? Well, guess what? It's going to turn frigid in the United States. In fact, for much of the United States, the worst of the winter is on the way. And just think, it all hinges on looking at the weather around Australia. Isn't that nice? Hands across the water. Australia, the States, and Europe. Kumbaya. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McClain on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, well, here at State of the Nation, we've been keeping a very close eye on the Schellenberger, Taibbi, and uh, Gutentag. Uh, it, just a trove of information concerning the Obama administration's coordinated effort using the CIA and Good God, just FBI, every three-letter intel agency, including the five eyes, so Australia, Canada, New Zealand, uh, and, of course, the U.K. Well, our next guest uh, asked a very pertinent and potent question. Where are the media? Uh, where are the media anchors who covered Russia, Russia, Russia? Why aren't they saying anything about all this? I mean, this is a pretty huge expose, I would say, and it's very well, well de detailed. You'll recall last week on the program we spoke with George Papadopoulos. He was one of uh, the Trump campaign aides that was bumped, quote-unquote, by Alexander Downer, and then, of course, Mifsud as well. And now we find out that all of that was, a, was an, a chance to get in and to do this illegal spying, wiretapping, whatever you want to call it. Carter Page dealt with it. George Papadopoulos himself dealt with it. So today we wanted to talk to Simona Mangianti Papadopoulos, the wife of George Papadopoulos, Simona, welcome back to State of the Nation. It's wonderful to see you. Uh, how are you today? Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm very happy. We feel vindicated. You had recently my husband on the show, and, uh, he, you know, we have discussed all this uh, Spygate, finally exposed the uh, incredible inaccountability of the players that uh, put in place this uh, uh, spying scheme uh, instructed by the Obama CIA not only to spy on 26 uh, targeted people in the Trump entourage at the time, but also to man manipulate them, to set them up, to actually produce uh, uh, crimes that never existed. So here we are, the vindication we're waiting for, expecting from Durham, that comes from this leaks, very recent leak, and the silence of the media. Yeah, yeah the, the silence is deafening, you know? I mean, where where's Stephanopoulos? Where's Jake Tapper? Where's Anderson Cooper? Where, as you asked on your X.com account, I love your post, by the way. Thank you for putting that out there. It's, Thank it's you. so poignant, and it is the question. Where are all of you media shills 
who played who played into this, who created this, because it wouldn't have happened the way it did without the support of Stephanopoulos, Tapper, uh, Anderson Cooper, and the rest of that that crew in the mass media cartel. Well, and I even posted a picture of myself interviewed by them at the time, because uh, as soon as the scandal of the Russia hoax uh, was trying to be presented to the American public, the media got much interest into interviewing me because they tried somehow to make me and George a sort of uh, John Dean and his wife. Uh, they thought that his uh, testimony to the FBI would lead eventually to Trump impeachment. But I always made a statement that was very clear to every each of them, is that the truth was def very different from the one they were trying to portray and that uh, it was actually, George was being loyal to the truth, not loyal to any political party at the time. So uh, it's also a particularly re revealing of the intention of their uh, reports. I was very genuinely, uh, I generally believe at the time that they were trying to acquire information. And that's why I accepted that to go on and on to have a voice. But then I realized that there is no real genuine uh, attempt to acquire information or to deliver information to the public in the, in the measure in which right now, uh, the same anchors, they were so much involved into covering the Russia gate, now Russia hoax, didn't have a say, didn't have a word about Spygate. I was talking about these facts that emerged. Uh, I posted a picture of me on Jake Tapper, in which he started to look at me as I was a psychopath. When I started to say George was set up by Charles Stywell, the $10,000 is actually, because at some point I went really vocal about this so-called Spygate, why not having me or George or anyone else on commenting on these facts? You covered it, updated yeah well you know you said something simona that that kind of made my antenna pop up and that is we all expected this with the durham report and we did everybody i mean i remember the lead up to that report and it took forever to get it out but everybody's like oh now john durham this guy is a bulldog this guy goes after people he really specializes in corrupt politicians well that report was damning but he kind of soft peddled it too. And then the media just did nothing with it. And it's not until Schellenberger, Taibbi, and uh, Gutentag come out with this. And I guess they were picked to do it because they did such a good job with the, including Barry Weiss, with, with the Twitter files. But the media is absolutely ignoring this. Do you think that's because they just have a hard on of hate for Trump. Is that what this is all about? Is it mainly just because they hate Trump so much that anybody in his orbit can go to hell as far as they're concerned? Well, I think they have done the job of the deep state and giving eco to their narrative for a long time. Yeah. Definitely a good spot, uh, a personal hatred for the men. And this doesn't help to cover news that, uh, uh, they uh, exonerate the men that they try to portray for so long as uh, this uh, monster violating democracy, being himself the victim of a corrupted institution system uh, that would be uh, probably uh, too much to ask for people that have been committed for so long to build up this, uh, this entire narrative. So uh, this shows that they were not genuine and they're not courageous enough to admit as a, any, every journalist should admit when it's wrong. I would make a huge report in my case. If I even find out that everything I'm saying about Joe Biden, Hunter Biden is wrong, which is not, I would definitely would be my concern for my own credibility to host or make a show about 
setting the record straight. And this is called intellectual honesty, which I don't see in these people. Yeah, yeah. Well, clearly they're they're doing narrative management. I mean, I, that that is the huge takeaway, and this may not be breaking news for many of us, but narrative management seems to be the primary goal of all of these people that you've tagged in your um, in your post on X, as well as many others who did not get tagged. But you called out ABC, Fox News, MSNBC, and uh, two CNN accounts all of which I spotted over the years uh, participating in this. And, and this has damaged, you know, this, what, tell us a little bit about how this affected you and your husband. I mean, maybe some people, you know, give us a, a sort of a refresher course as to like what you guys experienced because of all this. Well, mentioning in particular the media and the fact that they slammed them for not following up with the most recent exculpating news. Uh, at the time, uh, uh, my husband couldn't talk to the media, so it was my role, and I felt like it was my call to uh, help uh, Americans understand what was really going on behind these headlines that... Uh, uh, portrayed him as this advisor collaborating with the FBI, actually uh, almost uh, misleading Americans to believe that collaborating means taking uh, uh, their side, the Democrat side, which was a complete lie. Uh, I always made the point that he was loyal to the truth and know the story myself uh, from, uh, of course, uh, living with him and also for my direct involvement about Joseph Mipsud that was portrayed uh, by the media as a Russian agent that met with the Trump campaign advisor to deliver damaging information about uh, Trump. There was a lie. I knew the man. I, te I testified to authorities about Joseph Mipsud, but I also talked about Joseph Mipsud to the same media I quoted in this uh, post that you're mentioning. So I'm really surprised that the core uh, issue of the entire Russia uh, gate is now neglected. Uh, our uh, personal uh, journey, of course, led to vindication right now and total exoneration. Uh, George on his side uh, has been proved uh, completely truthful and resilient and uh, uh, ero almost a heroic fighter because if Donald Trump is here today and can run again, it's because he didn't uh, um, break under the pressure and deliver false information that uh, would lead impeachment of Trump at the time. That's all they wanted. And on my side, fighting for the same goal, outing the truth, and uh, resiliently doing it against the oldest marrying campaign you can see. Uh, and up to today, they're still uh, spreading false information, uh, phony um, articles or phony screenshot troll activity. I wrote an article about NAFO, you know, these uh, uh, paid trolls on the internet that have only one purpose is to target people and discredit them. That's for the war, of course, uh, concerning the war of Russia Ukraine. But we have that. We had the same player even before. So it's it's really uh, important to play the game, to know the to know actually how to stand tall on the field, even you know, ignoring destructive forces, just going to the facts, because the facts are ultimately what led both of us to be vindicated in different ways and in the same way at the time. So we were right, but mostly Americans need to know that uh, this, if it happened to him, me, can happen to everybody. So we should actually take our institutions back and, uh, and you know, have the institution working for us, not for the government. We are the taxpayers paying for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, yeah. In a perfect world. And, you know, I will say this about your husband. Uh, 
he he handled it with panache and bravery. Uh, he I I have no doubt that they probably offered him all kinds of pleas. All we want you to do, George, is tell us that you were spying uh, or that you were a go-between between Russia and Trump. Just give us something. We don't even give a damn if it's the truth because I know that's what they did. I know they pressured him like this, but he never broke, and he earned himself a full and uh, complete pardon by Trump, which is a good thing, but that wasn't even really good enough because his credibility was still shot. Now, the same reporters that have refused to give back their Pulitzer Prizes for reporting on Trump's collusion with Putin, which we now know is complete bunk, uh, they still won't cover it. They still won't come up and say, guess what? We got, we're not, not only are we not going to return the Pulitzers, we're not going to apologize to George Papadopoulos or his wife, Simona. We're not going to apologize to the American people. And we won't even acknowledge that we were lying through our teeth. When everybody now knows they were. What a crazy world, huh? Yes, and at least uh, recognize they were wrong. Uh, the fact that they're not covering uh, these new uh, pivotal facts emerged recently makes me believe that they were not genuine all along. Uh, you know, there are new facts emerged that uh, they're completely dismissing, neglecting, they don't exist. And uh, it's uh, there is a reason why I uh, quoted the, this uh, uh, media outlet, is because of precisely the media outlet where I was on talking about uh, those uh, the, those facts. I was talking about Charles Towell again, and the Spygate, Joseph Mifsud. So this is completely uh, pointing the finger to the same one who interviewed me about this topic, and now they wouldn't cover these topics Again, when actually you need uh, this uh, type of, uh, you know, coverage right now. I mean, could could a story require a bigger update than this? I mean, this was just plastered in our news for years on end. And then the Durham report comes out and it's like, yeah, I kind of told you guys, but hey, here it is. And now this and it's just like now we have everything that vindicates George and everybody who was affected by this. Yeah. And not one word. I mean, it's not, I, I would imagine, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine that if they just said, you know what, Russiagate was bunk, we blew it. Uh, you wouldn't even need an apology at that point. Like, that would be it. It could just, it. all it needs to be is that. It's also a matter of professional integrity. How would you trust the reporting of people that uh, are... Uh, be, have been uh, proved wrong, but uh, they don't care about setting the record straight. So it's also, it comes to professional integrity, intellectual honesty, and also, and of course, also apologies so to, to the people that have been uh, mischaracterized by their work. Uh, also, uh, we have to understand that right now we are at the door of a new uh, electoral campaign. Actually, we are in the middle of that. So uh, to them, uh, uh, basically uh, say that the Russia hoax was a Russia gate was a Russia hoax. It's, uh, it's, it's something that they will never be prepared to do. They still hate the man, as you mentioned. There's still their interest is not to see this man back in power. And no matter what it takes, they were they're prob probably willing to keep up. Uh, lying or keep people misled which is really bad i mean it's really it's really affects as i said the, the credibility of their uh, work as whole and also i believe that uh, the this is the biggest weapon for trump to not only be exonerated by every 
thing that is being accused of, but also to win again. Because if the entire machine that try to bring him down based on this uh, big lie of uh, collusion with Russia is proved false, then why we didn't allow this man to be present in the United States and to focus on most important things and matters than defending constantly himself from false accusations. This is a draining uh, process that diverted him to focus on what matters and actually did focus on what matters still. So he did an incredible job as anyways. So that shows what could have been done, Donald Trump, if he didn't have to defend himself constantly by this false accusation. And that's what I yeah. wish we can see in 2024. Yeah, well, we'd all love to see that, Simone. And I, you know, you said something there that you, you said, well, we all know, basically, we all know they were lying. So I don't think they made a mistake in their reporting. That's just it. That that's what makes it so evil. It's not that they made mistakes. No, it's exactly. that they they carried the water for their team. They said, you know what? We don't. I mean, I know for a fact. I've talked to reporters, you know, you know, behind the scenes that they don't go on record that will flat out tell you they all knew it was bunk. They all knew it wasn't true. They reported it anyway. This is why the whole. Uh, the, the Russian dossier was was floated to BuzzFeed first because that gave them the opportunity to get it out in the mainstream. Absolutely crazy. Simona, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, and thank please you. tell George we said hello, and I hope we can get you back. Simona Mangianti, Papadopoulos, God bless. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining thank us on State thank of the Nation. Thank you. Bye. Okay, you got it. Take care. State of the Nation will return with Hour 2 on today's News Talk TNT right after this.